Overflow Beyond the Music is a podcast hosted by musician and pastor Josh McCabe and takes a deep dive into the life of artists, into topics of faith, family, and seasons of struggle. This podcast is presented by Overflow Ministries Group. For more information about Overflow Ministries Group, visit overflowgroup.org. And for more information about our host, his music project Caves, and much more, visit overflowbtm.com. Now here's our host, Josh McCabe, with today's episode. everybody happy new year welcome to 2021 and here's to hoping 2021 has a lot more goodness in store than 2020 did i think we're all kind of ready to say goodbye to 2020 and say hello to a new year and uh hopefully got something good for us 2021 we are believing for the best and i'm telling you i don't know where you're at wherever you're listening to this Uh, i'm up here in ontario canada and we've gone into lockdown again and it's not fun and just wherever you're at stay safe stay positive um if uh, you're a believer, a lot of people are Christians that listen to this podcast, um, you know, hold tight to the Lord right now. I was reminded in a letter I got from somebody from um, my old church. They just sent this letter to me on, on Christmas. And the way he spoke about what we're experiencing in our world, whether it be uh, medical and pandemic or political or, or whatever it might be right now, financial, whatever those things are, he just said so simply, we must pray. We must turn to God in prayer. And I agree with him. And it was a really good challenge for me to really be focused on on how much time I'm spending uh, taking these problems to the Lord instead of complaining on social media or complaining to friends or whatever that might be. So that was a great remind, reminder for us that we need to pray. And um, wherever you're at right now, I'm just thankful you're tuning into this podcast. This is Overflow Beyond the Music. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. This is episode number 503, which is misleading because it's not 503 episodes. It's season five, episode three, just to clarify. But you're going to love today's guest. Uh, his name's Brian Head Welch of the band Corn. He's a guitar player, also has a band called Love and Death, and um, got a chance to meet him uh, probably early in the summer, maybe late spring, and uh, just a really good guy. I'll tell you how we met in a minute. But um, again, I want to give a big shout out to the people who helped make this happen, Overflow Ministries Group. Make sure you go to our website. It's uh, our podcast website is overflowbtm.com. And if you go there, you can find out more about Overflow Ministries Group. And more importantly, and and what I know this ministry would really benefit from, if you feel led to, if you'd like to, um, you can support the podcast financially by donating and donating to Overflow Ministries Group. And it'll help keep endeavors like this podcast going and and helping to reach people with great stories and uh, great beyond the music kind of stuff. Well, hey, it was back in June, and it was really hot out, and you know, people were kind of doing outdoor activities again. And my buddy Ben Chris, who's been on this podcast of the Glorious Unseen, invited me over, uh, me and my family over to his pool, and um, we were just kind of all hanging out in this pool complex thing. And um, you know, I walk in with my family, I see this tattooed man sitting at the back uh, under the you know, umbrella or gazebo or wherever, where everyone's hanging out. And uh, it's Brian Head Welch. And of course I recognize him right away. Not only is he tattooed head to toe, um, the dreads, you, you can't miss it. Just a really nice guy. And I, it's like, it's so natural in that way that, um, you just go to hang out with friends and you meet other artists that you recognize or know or have looked up to. And Brian was just such a sweet dude. We got talking about everything. And, uh, I know you're really going to love this episode with him because we just talked about a lot of 
different stuff that goes beyond just um, the music or the making of a record. And so I know you'll love it. But I started this interview off with Brian Head Welch, reminding him about how we met when we walked into the pool area and we see a long-haired, fully tatted-up dude sitting in the shadow under an umbrella. And I was telling him that story, and this is how he responded. Very good. Thank you. Did you think I was homeless when you saw me? No, not at all. Not at all. I was I was more just like, this is very Nashville, that you go to hang out with someone, and then you're just like, oh, I recognize this person. Oh, I recognize this person, and that's just how it goes. Did you, uh, were you uh, a rock and roll fan growing up in Canada or anything? I was. I was, and, and I mean, it, it, to be real honest with you, I wasn't. I didn't really get on the corn trade. Maybe I'm too young because I feel like it was like a ninety, like late '90s type thing, is that really blew up. And I've more gotten the rock and roll in like early to mid 2000s. But um, what kind of bands? So I mean, I grew up in uh, the Norma Jean, Under Oath, yeah, uh, all that stuff, and uh, and that was kind of my jam. But then I also just love the worship jam, so. I was just texting with Spencer yesterday from Under Oath. Oh, no way. I, uh, I've met Spencer like once or twice, maybe, like very briefly. Um, but I mostly, I mostly know Aaron from the group. Just um, He had come and led worship at some events and stuff I was doing up in Canada worship-wise. And we worked on a little record together after that. And so, yeah. Did you really produce a record? I wouldn't exactly call it producing a record. There was, um, we, it was like a bunch of live tracks we had from one of the worship events he did, and it was just a bonkers night. It was awesome. And we ended up just fixing up some stuff and released as a little live EP, and Tooth and Nail put it out. And I was pretty excited just because I'd grown up listening to Tooth and Nail records. So, yeah, just something, just kind of a little thing that I still uh, cherish the memory of. Rad, bro. There, uh, have you talked to him recently? No, you know, to be honest, we've lost touch over the years a little bit. Um, you know, I think when he was coming up here a lot to do preaching and leading worship, uh, there was a natural connection and, and stuff. Right. And um, from time to time, we'll get on a little text thread. But uh, but I hear he's doing well. He's remarried and happy and kids are healthy. And that's a good thing. Yep. They're all, I think, figuring out the Christian thing and what they how they want to be a part of that or if they do. And, uh, you know, a lot of there's a lot of hypocrites out there. Mm-hmm. And so those guys have been kicked to the curb by the yeah. christian rock industry and and, and ch- church people like you know uh just you know you go through life you get wounded you get beat up maybe it's divorce maybe it's whatever else and and a lot of church people are pretty quick to uh, throw you to the curb or judge you instead of wow can let me help you man let me what mm-hmm. can i do for you you know mhm have you know, uh, I want to kind of see how that ties into your story. Have you felt? Have you felt some of that in your journey? You know, you you meet Christ, you have this radical transformation, but sometimes it doesn't always look like the church people exactly want it to look like. How how was that for you in your journey? Oh yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of a lot of that stuff, but thank God I was taught early on. You know, I had an encounter with Christ, him like. A, his spirit and it was like i was taken to another realm um Mm -hmm. but i didn't see another realm but i I felt like i was just like shown 
the the kingdom which is love and peace yeah. and pure light and all that good stuff and uh i felt like i was uh i was given that and so when when i did get persecuted by the my own quote family um you know i was strong enough to be able to to take it and you know if they're persecuted Jesus, you know, we're going to get it too. And who persecuted Jesus? The, his own people, right? And so our own people persecute us as well. So it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Well, how, how do you deal with that? Because, you know, as a, as a pastor, you know, I, I'm a pastor, but I've got, you know, I, I, I got ties to the uh, the, the rock world or, or whoever it may be in the, in the music world. But I get so frustrated when I see people sharing articles on Facebook. And as I read in your book today, as I was glossing over and you talked about your daughter, you hate Facebook. You don't even want to get started on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all good now, but I mean, yeah, yeah, that was back then. It was crazy because that, well, that was before Instagram, right? And uh, so that dates that book pretty well. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Facebook is still kicking around, but I mean, the kids were all over Facebook back then and now Facebook is like dinosaur to kids but uh yeah i mean i just uh i just kind of um you know you want to choke people as mm-hmm. a, as the old person you used to be but you can't do that because that's not biblical so you just kind of you kind of got to just now i'm to the point where i just most of the time i think i'm i'm like lord open their eyes they don't know what they're doing type of thing you know and yeah it can hurt yeah it can um you know, ruin your day or whatever, but at the at the end of it all, they really don't understand that they're missing it, that they're yeah. missing the whole thing, and it's, I, I kind of got um, sadness for them now, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I still get irritated, but, but there's a sadness, it's like, wow, are you, what if they go their whole lives, and they knew Jesus, and they were just made themselves the Christian police for the most part. Mm-hmm. And and then one day they realize what they've done and their whole lives gone. Or they get to the other side and they're and they realize, wow, that's what I did. You know? So that's what I kinda try to do is just that's why um you know the God was moved Jesus was moved by compassion. And why can't we be moved by compassion like him for people like that, you know? Well, I want to, you know, kind of along those lines, what are, who are some people, um, I, I, maybe not people, but because, you know, I don't want, I don't want you to be in a place where you're saying names or talking about specific people. Oh, but, I'll drop names, bro. I don't care. Oh, you'll drop I'll names. throw okay. them under the bus. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think you do have such a unique perspective because of where you're at and the people you get to interact with and do life with and i think there's probably a lot that people within the church and probably don't understand about it so what are some things that uh, you feel like are misunderstood yeah man i think they would be pretty surprised and maybe shocked at how normal everything is on our tours you know yeah it's like we get up and we you know we have some meals we hang out and talk to uh the friends or you know our tour touring members and crew and make some jokes have some food and it's and it's it's scheduled day you know it's Mm -hmm. back in the 90s you had been shocked a whole nother way (laughs) but nowadays it's like everyone's very different yeah i mean it was all about 
you know, d- drugs and alcohol and party and women and all that stuff. So, I mean, probably wouldn't have been shocked. But now it's probably more shocking because it's so normal and it's it's like everything's scheduled out. And we're we're pretty much busy until 1 a.m. when we're showering up to get on the bus, mm-hmm. you know. And now, if we were like in the 90s, we would make time and make the bus stay there till 4 a.m. while we partied <laughs> on the bus, you know. But we're we're older. We're focused on music and fans instead of our own egos, and so it's pretty normal. I I, I would I would love to show people how normal it is backstage, and there's no groupies. There's no there's no hard drugs and i mean some fans might be like man don't tell me that <laughs> you know i want to i want to know that it's what i think it is in my head but yeah totally i remember walking to a backstage and having the contrast of two pretty big pop acts at the time one was was established and had been around for a while and you kind of knew their dads now and the other one was a bunch of new young guys on the scene and you see all the young guys just living it up and doing their thing. And you see all the old guys in there riding the bike and doing stretches and putting green in the dressing room. Like, just the most boring stuff. Yep. Dude, that's it. That's it. You you get older and you get, honestly, uh, you know, I think you get wiser. And, yeah, you got to take care of yourself more. You know, when you're young, you just you put trash and garbage inside of you, you know especially like back then now more people are health conscious even even mm-hmm. younger people my daughter's like pretty dang on it you know as far as eating good and and so so that's just how it is you know you got to get through life if you want longevity like us in the rock world you know you got to start doing things that's going to prolong your your sustainability you know to put on these shows did uh did watching your daughter grow up play an influence in uh in your life as far as how you would approach your day-to-day life on the road health uh what you put in your body did did watching her um i mean you talked a little bit about it in one of your books watching her you know deal with some depression as she grew up did you kind of say all right you know was there an element of that 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 really influenced how you handled your day-to-day um I mean, I have a life um, before Christ and after Christ, right? So everything before Christ, no, not at all. Yeah. But, you know, I tried. I did it more for weight, though. It was like I don't want to get overweight, so I'm going to have grilled chicken sandwich and but yeah, I'll drink, yeah, yeah. but I'll drink beer all night, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and so you try, but uh, it was all when I'm when I'm AD after <laughs> after I met Christ and and uh, died to my old life and. Live, you know, live my new life. I, I was definitely trying to take care of myself and and be an example for her. And I switched all every all habits, you know. Yeah. But the crazy thing was, because I would binge, I would binge drink, I would binge uh, snort, <laughs> I would <laughs> binge all the time. So when I became a Christian, I would uh, I would go in these, I would eat good for most for the most part, but then I would go through these really depressive cloud dark spells of eating junk and sugar and it hit mm-hmm. the part of my brain and i would go on like binges almost like an eating it was pretty much like an eating disorder i would yeah i would uh what what do they call that when they when they eat everything and then they um purge right 
I just oh, didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't purge, but I would eat everything for like three days until I was mm. sick. And you know, maybe not throwing up, but like on the couch for for a whole twenty four hours the next day, you know, just like it was mm. weird. And then I and then I would eat good for two weeks and it was like everything that I that I didn't allow myself to have, I would cram it in three days. It was weird. It was really weird. But mm-hmm. um but now I'm really balanced and so much more healthy. You know what's crazy? It's like one sometimes you just look back. That's what grace is, I think, a lot of times. You just look back in the uh, recent past, and you're like, wow, I don't do this anymore. Yeah. And I haven't done this in so long. It's just one day I just saw that I was changed. That happened with rage because I had mm. anger problems and, and rage fits. And that happened with uh, food, the, 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 the mild eating disorder I had. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. there's been a couple more things I can't remember right now. But I love it when that happens because that's not – there's grace is like the supernatural ability that gives you the strength to live Christ-like, right? And mm-hmm. and it's effortless. It's just one day you wake up and look back. You know that's how it's been for me anyway. It's right. It's, uh, you know, I, obviously I do take steps, but I just you know I look back and I'm like, wow, that I tried for years to change that, and now I just realized that I haven't done it in the last two months, and and then I and then everything's changed since then. So pretty cool. You know, I was listening to a podcast, and I don't I don't listen to a ton of podcasts other than sports ones, probably. But I think it was like, like I think it was Lecrae who said this that that Christians tend to be really good at showing grace to pre meeting Christ behavior, but once someone has met Christ um, and they begin their journey and even find their way into Christian leadership, and um, they have moments of struggle or stumbling or falling or, or doubt, we're not really great at showing grace in those moments oh my gosh yeah i mean i uh you know i'm not trying to pat myself in the back at all but i've tried to i've seen these because i it happened to me and it happened to my friends and just we Mm -hmm. toured with under oath like uh you know last summer and you know happened to some of those guys and you learn by by seeing what the mistakes of others sometimes and so i'm thankful for that but mm-hmm. uh yeah it's i think we got to realize if someone's truly even if they get caught you know oh they're just mm-hmm. sorry cuz they got caught you know mm-hmm. what if they're truly sorry because they got caught and their life got ruined and god used that to get them to wake up and you know mm-hmm. see the devastation and then they change for good you know uh, um i think uh, we know people that have gone mm-hmm. through that, right? And public people, yeah. and yeah. um, and it and it's good. It's a good thing, and that's what it takes sometimes. So we we really have to be, you know, chill about that. I mean, most recently is Carl Lentz, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, people. We have a we have a messed up nature, a human nature that's flawed, and. You know, some some people will fall into that nature, and I think we all mm-hmm. do to a certain degree. Some yeah. some more than others, some not so much. But whatever it is, it's the fracture and the foundation. It's got to be dealt with, and however that happens, you know, Jesus even said, "There's nothing that's in secret that won't be, you know, brought out into the open." And so, mm-hmm. 
he loves people enough to bring it out to the open if that's what it takes, you know? Well, it's like choose your dysfunction, you know? Um, you got people who are bitter and holding on to unforgiveness, watching it wither away your, at their bodies. And you got people that are um, addicted to substances that are killing their bodies. Unforgiveness and substances will kill your body in the same way. One will kill your soul and your spirit. The other one will, will you know, kill other things. But I think that it's weird how... I don't want to say every single, I don't want to use Christians in, in that bubble, but it's weird how Christian culture or even it's it's easy for us to pick our poison of what we're willing to accept as poison that we're willing to live with. That's good. Yeah, really good. That's true. So true. But I th- going back to the, to, to what, um, you know, people are so quick to, to um, judge and say, ah, oh, whatever. It's all self-righteousness, I think, at that point, because... In their minds and hearts, and I have to guard myself from it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see some shocking, like, revelation, like, you know, oh, my gosh. Like Carl Lentz, you know, he had a huge pastor role and celebrities come to him and all that. You know, if you don't be careful, it's a thing where, you know, people can be like, oh, how could he do that? You know, he had all this mm-hmm. stuff going on for him, and and I wouldn't do that. You're thinking in your in the back of your mind, yeah. I would, man, I would have been, I would have been watching my back, you know, my, my front, my back, my everything. If I was given that position, but you don't know his, what he's, his past is like, you don't know the temptations he has. You don't, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, we're, we're, it's our self-righteous um, pride in us that seems, and, and some people don't have a filter and they'll just, you know, they'll spit it out and, and be just unloving and judgmental and, you know, all that stuff. But uh, it's crazy. It's a, it's a balance, isn't it? Because at the, on one side, it's like, man, people, especially, you know, if you have a big position like that, the world's looking at you. You know, the world's watching everything. And then, and then, on, the other, and then on, on the opposite side, it's like when it does happen, because it will, you know, you're just... You're just judging and spitting all this venom, you know, and uh, and and then the world's seeing that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at look at these people. They just someone makes a okay. First, the world's going. Oh, look at that person. Look, I knew it. all those Christians are the same. They fall, and then they see them other other Christians bashing them. Look at mm-hmm. they just eat their own. You know, they don't even. Mm-hmm. They're all divided. It's just such a scheme from demons that. It's it sucks. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think I love that you said that because I'm one of those guys that probably leans towards a lot of things we experience in spiritual warfare more than people recognize. Um, I think that there's so much more going on in the spiritual realm that's impacting our thoughts and beliefs that when people are typing, being keyboard warriors on Facebook, they don't even realize that they're just listening to not the voice of grace and not the voice of the shepherd with love and open arms, but they're listening to um, the voices say, crucify him or pick up the stone and throw it. You know, they are, they're, they're crucifying the person with their words and throwing stones, you know, figuratively, but they're, they're doing it with words. And what, what is, you know, the word is powerful. Words are powerful and they're just, yeah, they're, they're accusers. Mm-hmm. And what is, you know, the dark realm is accuser, 
the accusers. And the all exact that. word. It's crazy. It's really crazy. That goes back to the thing that we were talking about earlier. It's so sad because, you know, at the end of it all, they're going to be like, oh, what did you do? Oh, I, you know, I can't believe I look back at my life and, I, and how much of an accuser I was. And what do you do with that? You know, who knows? God knows. But it's pretty sobering if you think about it. And I don't have it all together. I'm not, you know, but I try to keep my, you know what it's all about? You have to be, you have to, it's all about humility. That's one of the foundations of Christ, who he is, humility. And you have to be able, you have to make yourself, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? You always have to be willing to learn. Have humility mm-hmm. that you're always Teachable spirit. To learn. Yeah. And I don't care if I'm, you know, 73, which is in probably 10 years, but... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm 50 right now, but you know what I mean? When I was 73, I want to have a teachable heart. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be always learning and have a humble, teachable heart and not be a prideful, you know, accuser. So I love um I love that you've not only known what it's like to be shown grace, but um but also are showing grace and and just all the words that you say. You know, I was uh Sometimes, you know, I get on a YouTube rabbit hole, and I got on one the other day, and uh, it started with watching, you know, the true story on Rock Feed or something like that about Yeah, Slipknot. I've seen a lot of those. Yeah, and then I ended up kind of getting on the corn train and just following some links around and got to watch a bunch of old live shows of you guys and some music videos and some I'd seen, some I hadn't. And, um, you know, it's just kind of listening to music, and it's raw, it's rock and roll, it's heavy, it's uh, it's aggressive it's dark it's um you know i don't know there's moments of just like even rage coming out in the guitar uh and the drums and and the lyrics and you know what what part of of growing up for you really would have pointed you towards a band like corn and and influenced some of the music that you made there um how involved in music i was and we were just listening to to the newest acdc single and i got uh, yeah back in black in 1980 and i just looked at this record i'm like wow this is so 1980 that's 40 years ago and i'm looking at this record with these guys and their their picture on the back they're in a shadow so i'm like of course they're like 78 they don't want to show their faces <laughs> <laughs> but they're in a shadow and they're uh and and there's a lightning bolt in the front, and a lightning bolt in the back, and ACDC on the front, and the Angus Young has the schoolboy outfit still. I'm like a, a flashback. I just crazy. They're brilliant. I mean, they're they're that's so that's what the fans want, and they gave it to them. But um, that was mm-hmm. that record, Back in Black. My mom got me, and I was like, I want to play guitar. And ever since mm-hmm. ten years old, because you know I was bullied. A little bit fifth and sixth yeah. grade but come um junior high i was bullied quite a bit it was rough seventh grade was it was my worst year ever and so i just i just hid in my bedroom and got mm-hmm. my mom got me a guitar and then i graduated once i learned to like the mary had a little lamb and all these other cheesy songs they got me an electric and so i would just listen to records and jam in my room so it's like if they had a you know, in the yearbook, you know, in school yearbook, Brian's most likely to be, they would have yeah, yeah. chose that for me because I could actually play 
some of these popular songs on my guitar in seventh eighth grade you know and even sixth sixth grade i was playing journey solo you know not the fast parts but i was i could totally play what i heard and so that's it man i was just obsessed it was like an addiction my guitar and and Mm. bands and music was an addiction but a lot of kids have that you know passion and addiction to that so you know making it is is another thing and it's just that's just crazy how that happened but uh yeah my dad told me he said you know this music is not gonna support you you have to Mm. do something else you know and he was right at the time it wasn't supporting me at the time but little did he know little did he know a few years later a couple grammys later yeah and a massive drug addiction and almost death (laughs) so was it always so like was there always like this draw to like like, there's no party that's like, man, I really want to play guitar for, like, a pop or country act. <laughs> like, was it always rock and roll? It was always hard rock, heavy metal. That was it. And people would have been shocked if I ended up playing country, which a lot of rock people are switching to country because rock music, getting, like, uh, new rock music out there is a lot more difficult than country. And, mm. I mean, it's all difficult, but, yeah, so... Everybody would have predicted metal. And so, you know, I think it's interesting because one of the, you're now back and you've got your own music going on. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as you went back and rejoined Korn and were part of some of the new records, you know, what is something that you wish people understood about that decision that is probably very misunderstood? I mean, I wish I could convince, I mean, just tell them and they would see it clearly, but it was it was definitely a, a leading and a calling to go back mm-hmm. there. And I wish that they could see the relational aspect of it behind the scenes mm-hmm. and the family aspect of it where I've known these guys and their parents and their kids, mm-hmm. you know, most of my life. So it's... There's a lot it's a lot deeper than just going back to a metal band. It's it's family. It's it's who I was supposed to meet and do this special thing with, you know? Mm-hmm. And but people, you know, Christians especially have a hard time um when there's some F bombs being said. <laughs> it's like it's just it's just a word, you know, it's a it's not like you know and the and the the songs are about anger, depression mostly, and it's it's pretty crazy, you know. If if people are going to get uptight because of that word, then there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to be walking away from Christianity because just look where we're at. Look at Netflix. Look at the TV shows on the networks. It's yeah. I mean, we can't be offended at little things like that, you know. Well, I mean, no one is. No one's calling out. Uh, you know, little Joe Jr. for working for a plumbing company where the guy is soliciting prostitutes, drops S-bonds all the time, and treats people like garbage. How can you work for a guy like that? I can't, you know, be a Christian and work for him. No, no one says that, but for some reason with musicians, it's different. Probably because they're thinking, like, young, impressionable ears are listening and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But guess what? 
when they go to school, they probably hear worse. What well, what are some of the fruits of what you've seen? I mean, I'm I'm I have no doubt you've seen miracles take place on the road. What are some miracles, some crazy testimonies that would would speak to what God is doing through your life and uh, coming back to corn? I mean, they uh, there has been a lot of stuff that's happened. We would go out and t- you know tell my story. You know, me in the base where I go tell our stories and pray with people and talk with people. We've had. Like young, a teenage girl confessed to trying to kill her friend, and her mom was like right there, and she made her mom walk away, and she told us all emotional. We prayed with her, and and uh, and then there was, you know, this another tattoo artist, pastor, friend of mine who tattooed my eyelids. Mm. <laughs> you only if you're gonna get your eyelids tattooed, let it be a holy man, so you're blessed, yes. and it doesn't go in your eyeball. <laughs> no, but uh, like he knew a guy that was a satanist and everything, and. At at a Slipknot Corn concert, the tour was called "Prepare for Hell," and and we would we would minister afterwards and everything. But hell could mean anything, you know. Like you know, you're gonna have hell to pay. Totally. But uh, anyway, but it was definitely a dark darker tour. Slipknot was headlining, and uh, and so this yeah, the Satanist came, and he was just like drawn to us and blown away, and he was he was like actually shaking. And felt mm-hmm. this thing, and we we're we we're telling him it's God, it's God. And to this day, this guy's like on the streets helping the homeless people, and he was a Satanist, like you know, piercings all over his face and everything. He might still have those, I don't know, but so yeah, stuff like that. We've seen um, couple couple people screaming, like uh, dark, dark, like <laughs> demon manifestations. Mm-hmm. We've seen yeah. healings, uh, definitely healings. Um, you know, it's not been for that happened more in like 2016, 17 time, and then we took two, 2018 off mostly, and then, but uh, yeah, it's been fun, and but also other things like personally, you know, um, our singer's wife, we lost, he lost her. Oh wow! Uh, two 2018 or I think it was 18, yeah, and um, be you know being back in the band, let's say. Me being back in the band, there no ministry took place or anything, and I was just back to be there for him. Then that would have been all worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a song in the last record called "Finally Free" about about all that, and uh, so yeah, so so all a lot of that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. as has, has happened, and God clearly over and over it was like, "This is where you need to be. This is where I want you. This is where." your calling is you know did you struggle with with that because sometimes people go god i'll do anything but but this is a lot to ask of me i mean no because i was uh i mean i was good with leaving it all and and struggling and all that you know if you read the new testament all those guys struggled yeah and um so i was good with that and i thought that was the more heroic faith walk you know which mm-hmm. it which it can be, you know, but it depends if you're not called to it, then it's not a heroic faith walk. And so, you know, I was kind of I had my my other band I was doing, and we were barely making it. And and when I went back, it was like a it was a thing where if it wasn't a calling, I wouldn't have done it. And it wasn't it wasn't like I was broke and yeah, you know, I wanted 
my whole story, and I hesitated going back because my story was I left everything to follow Christ, you know, and I didn't want to mess that up because, you know, it was, that was part of what people loved about my story. I walked away from it all. I left a $25 million, you know, record deal on the table. It was being signed when I left, and that was a part of my mm-hmm. deal. Now I'm going back, and I'm getting led there, and I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't care about the money and all that, and but it was more than the money, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I've been restored financially and in every way since I've been back. So that part's been amazing, you know. And but what also came with it was all this other cool stuff that's been restored, like the relationships and the music and the and our our band has grown. You know, we're mm-hmm. putting out amazing records. Twenty six years into our career. And our like our fans have increased, our concerts have increased, our everything's increased. So it's really mm-hmm. it's wild to see, you know that you know God is here with corn in our rough around the edges approach to music, mm-hmm. helping us and just loving us and and all that. You know, it's pretty cool. He's so not religious you know god he's very relational well i mean as as someone who is not in that world and doesn't have the invitation to play music in that world i go i i rather you have you there as someone who wants to see the kingdom and the gospel furthered and and the gospel as in how we love people honor people see people encounter freedom not just how we preach at them but but how we honor and love people i'd rather have you there doing what you're doing right now than uh preaching at my church every sunday uh for a bunch of people who are convinced of the love of god and so uh i'm i mean man i'm really glad you're doing that and i'm glad that the lord has sent you on that mission thank you thank you it's a very unique mission you know um but Maybe not nowadays. Actually, twenty twenty. There's just there's people positioned all over the place and yeah, wherever you know it could be. You know, my pool builder was praying for me every day while he's building me this two hundred twenty thousand dollar backyard and pool <laughs> when I was in corn. You know, that was his calling to build my pool and to pray for me. You know, mm. and uh, but then there's other people like you know you're you're called into that church right now. Yeah, and that's just as important as me being in corn doing my thing. And then there's, but in in the entertainment world, there's like sports and there's music and there's mm-hmm. it's changed a lot. There's I was like a freak in nature back in the day. Now it's just uh, there's all kinds of Christians in in the metal world that are in yeah. other bands and whatnot. It's pretty cool to see, you know. And um, I'm just trying to enjoy God, you know, and enjoy life and share His love in any way I can and yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool man to relax and and be at peace with all this political stuff going on and mm-hmm. Christians all over like you're for Trump and this sides against Trump and you know Republican Democrat all this division of God it's so it's like I get it people want you know in America people want their country to be righteous and all this and Mm-hmm. But it's just like, how far are you going to go to be unChrist-like? You know. Well, you know, I heard I heard this preaching sermon recently, and um, and next we're going to get to your new song that's out. But I heard say that often justice, the need for justice, 
is um, narcissism disguised. Ooh, I've never heard that before. Mic drop. Drop your mic. That somehow your need to find justice for all of these things that tick you off as if your passions and the things that tick you off are the most important thing in the world. And I see that a lot today. People's self need to self-medicate themselves disguised as a need for justice. And, you know, maybe you can speak to that. Because I, I like how you're just kind of saying, hey, you, you got to do what God's calling you to do and just right. and stick to that. That's what it is. It's like we all have our own unique thing. And, uh, you know, it's like you're so I'm, I, I don't know it all. Right. And I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm wrong here. I could be totally wrong. Because I see, but I see people fighting for justice, and you know, but they are, you know, just repellent to anybody wanting Jesus. You know, that's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, okay, well, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> going after justice so much and being a clang, clanging symbol, banging freaking noisy symbol without any love, or are they? called to fight for righteousness you know because i don't want to judge either and be like Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just kind of like i focus on me and my calling and what i'm supposed to do and i just let that all let god take care of that and pray about it you know Mm -hmm. but it does make my job harder (laughs) when you see all that all over the political uh, arena and and the war for justice and everything like um takes away the love for your enemies mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. if you're a republican uh a full-on republican right wing whatever and you're supposed to be a christian but then you're treating the democrats who are your enemies and not loving them and be- belittling them and all this mm-hmm. other stuff and it's like it's making my job harder because <laughs> you know people are when you when you're trying to reach people for Christ, they're like, "Oh, you're one of them, huh? You're one of those right wing." I know. Well, nothing nothing makes a job harder to um, to represent Christ and other people trying to represent Christ. Uh, that's, that's right. Probably what I would sum it up. That's good. Uh, but I want to talk God. about your new song that's out. It's called Down, and I got I got super excited because um, I saw f- the photo on Spotify. And I saw a man who we both know who loves to put hair dye in his hair, also plays a guitar named Jason. Yes. In the photo. And I was so stoked to see. And, and has he been a part of Love and Death for a while, or is that something that's more new? How do you know Jason again? Yeah, so like way back, uh, I think it might have been Red's first tour since getting signed. Uh, they did a tour of Southern California and Arizona and a bunch of churches, kind of Southwest tour with uh decipher down so uh there's like 100 150 people <laughs> there a night but uh it was a fun little little van tour what did you do with did you, you worked for him i was a merch guy 18 years yeah. old fresh out of high school wanting to tour the country get out of canada um not not for red but for uh uh-huh. for another band there wow so uh guess what chris from decipher down was just at my house a few, three days ago with my an, another friend of mine in the country uh, industry, and we all worked on a country tune together. I love it. I love it. And it's called "All I Caught Was a Buzz." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's about a guy going fishing. Yeah. 
and getting lost in time and didn't catch no fish. But all he caught was a buzz, and his wife's all mad because he got he's getting home all late. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I didn't write much. I pretty much uh, I was given suggestions, but I uh, I just wanted to see how the process was. You know, it was pretty cool. Didn't Chris just move there recently? Didn't he? Yeah, he's in Spring Hill. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I I'd run into Jason all the time. So the studio I worked out of was on Music Row, and I'd run into Jason all the time. Get when I was getting some quesadillas and queso dip over at Tin Roof on uh, Demondrian. I would see him there all the time. Oh, really? He, so just like a couple years ago or something. I don't know. I'll see more recently. Like I see Jason out um, from time to time, and uh, usually a bunch of people are just around watching football or whatever. And so, um, but yeah, he kind of he kind of remember um, we kind of just reconnected, and he calls me Canada like most people oh. do. So yeah, he's a good guy, yeah, really he's good guy. Good. So yeah, uh, pink hair, you know, and in the in the, the love and death down music video, and yeah, the photo popped up. Have you seen the video yet? I have not seen the video. I'll watch it right after this though. Yeah, go check it out. It's really good, and uh, Jason kills it. He looks great in it. And um, so, so me and Jason have been working together since 2011. He did the first Love and Death music. Yeah, and uh, he he produced though. He produced the record. Didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah, he's he was a producer and a writer before he joined Breaking Benjamin a few yep. years ago. But um. So after that record came out, I rejoined Corn. Came out in 2013. About mm-hmm. two years later, we start writing again for a new record in 2015, and then again some more in 2016, um, and then 2018 wrote some more. And so we had probably like almost a full record, but we brought in Joe Rickard, who was a drummer for Red. After what's his? It wasn't Hunter. Hunter's brother. <laughs> Um, uh, Hayden. Hayden. Yeah, yeah. After Hayden, Joe, Joe joined Red. And so Joe is doing producing, mixing, and all that, and engineering everything now with Howard mm-hmm. Benson in L.A. He's yeah, killing right. it. So Joe came on, co-produced, and Jason, uh, yeah, Jason produces well. And then Jason tracked guitars and bass, and I tracked some guitars, and J.R. Barais, uh tracked some guitars. And we finished a record. We threw away... About, you know about four songs and Joe and Keith Wallen, who's also in Breaking Benjamin. Yep, we all co-wrote the um, about three or four songs more and finished the record. And yeah, we we finished it probably around uh, September and just recorded. We did the video and artwork and all that stuff. And first songs out now. It's doing well. We're getting great reaction. And we're gonna we're gonna go to radio with it, rock radio in in January, and it's um it's exciting, man. It's it's uh I feel like it's that song is very well written. You know, it's 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 the most mature and um uh what do you call it professional I think we've ever sounded to date, mm-hmm. and so that helps, and it will grow. And yeah, we're stoked on it. So thanks for asking. Yeah, man, I love the song. It sounds awesome. Um, I had a chance. <laughs> funny enough, my, it was my wife's birthday on the weekend, and we went up driving in the mountains. I go, hey, I, I really need to throw on Brian's new song. I really want to give give it a couple listens here in the car and pump it up. And so we gave it a solid three in a row listens. And she's like, and my wife goes, she's not into that really heavy stuff. She doesn't mind it, but she's kind of like, I like this. Yeah, this is good. Nice. I like this. Dude, uh, we've gotten some reactions from... You know, a kid, just uh, kids that are hearing it 
are like singing it. It's really catchy. It gets in your head. It is. And um, catchy without being compromised on like the hard factor. That's what I like. Right. About it. But I I can't take credit for it because uh, Keith Wallen wrote that line. Um, the other guy in Breaking Benjamin, he wrote the chorus. Yeah. He wrote the verses and the, I I did the bridge part, which is not very much. Um, and so yeah, they they really brought the, brought it to the table, and that's it's just a killer song. But there's a lot of like I'm getting people from Australia, there's you know kids that are loving it, and and my manager's kids, and so it's when you have young kids liking it, then that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. I like it, and so we're gonna play a little bit of it right here on the podcast. Um, this is, and I'm I'm gonna say goodbye to him after we play this song but i'm sure brian will be back on the podcast at some time maybe we'll get you to team up with another good canadian guy like trevor mcneven and we'll have a little round table next time on this Ooh, podcast. that would be fun hit me up in 2021 yeah dude we will definitely definitely do that man thank you so much for hanging out this is down by love and death i'm here with brian Headwelch, a front man for love and death and as well the guitar player for corn the new record perfectly preserved comes out february 12th so make sure you get your hands on that pre-order it support what they're doing you can get on spotify apple music amazon wherever you listen to music youtube if you're cheap but i want to encourage you to go Follow Brian on Instagram, follow the band, check out the song, download it, purchase it, support what they're doing. This is Down from Love and Death here on Overflow Beyond the Music. Thanks for checking out today's episode of Overflow Beyond the Music. For past episodes and more information about Overflow Ministries Group, visit overflowbtm.com.